morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Lapsus Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My lap Mo out here. And it is so hot. Indeed. It's actually melting the the universe right now. <laughs> it's actually crazy. I don't even understand how people can live in like Africa and Dubai and all them places there. When you're used to it, it's yeah, it's less, it's less because there's a one of our friends from church, her husband from Ghana is here, and he was like, he doesn't know if people are complaining. This is the only time he's felt comfortable oh. so far in the summer. So it's yeah, disgusting. And the thing about this heat is there's no wind, there's no breeze. No, it's no. just stagnant. It's yeah. just, uh, so even you turn on the fan, it's just hot air getting pushed into your face. Yeah. I don't even know how people are, are at carnival today. When all of this, uh, they are carnival half naked. That's how. Mm. Shout out to the half naked people at carnival. Anyway, <laughs> let's get <laughs> find Jesus. Some of them claim they know Jesus. Mm. <laughs> what do we claim they know Jesus? Like they can be at carnival. And yeah. They can anyway. find Jesus and find a wine at the same time. Find a wine. You don't know, but hey, all right, relax on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Who's in the hot seat this week? I'll take it. I'll take the seat. Cheeks. Hey, nice. Right. I was gonna take it, but Peter took. Peter's cool. taking it. Um, we have we have a, a listener question from me this week. Okay, for real. Yeah. Uh, Let me find it. Is it too late? Too <laughs> out? Oh, no, no, it's it's not a bad one. Yeah, it might be depending on, on on how you feel about it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Do, 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 do. Might as well turn that into a sorry, not sorry theme song then. Sorry, not sorry. Don't don't give him the pleasure. <laughs> okay. So the question is, do you think Jesus' flesh was equally as weak as ours when he asked the Father if it was possible for the cup to be removed from him? Um, I think... I think... the So I, I'm of the inclination that there is no detail of the Bible that is given by accident. And thus, that little insight into the um the content of that prayer because we don't get we don't get that often we don't get you know we don't see or we we i said we don't get we we there weren't a lot of specifics about christ's prayer we knew he prayed mm. a lot we knew mm-hmm. he prayed every day we knew he um you know he he communed with god because he said he didn't say anything unless he heard god say it so we knew that he was in communion with god on a constant basis but at that garden, in that garden, we get a, we we get details that we haven't got before, and I think they're given significantly. I think they show that in answering the question, yes, his his flesh was, he was equally or he was entirely as human as he was divine, mm. and it's that duality that I think that scene brings into perspective because he is very literally knowing what's to come responding in the way that you would if you haven't done your homework well you might not know this but if you've lived in ghana and you haven't done your homework and you're going to school the next day and you know that this is a teacher that gives the lash the lashes if you don't present your homework that anticipation you know it can make you feel physically sick it can make you feel like you've got you want to go and use the bathroom that's how i you know if i'd get scared and i want to go to the toilet because you know that's, just, that's okay it's okay, Peter. Right. It's okay. <laughs> but you know that anticipation um, I think the human response to pain hitting the body is to to you know it, it's it, it doesn't want it 
mm. you know, it, because it's not natural. So I think Christ's response there was genuine. And I think, yes, his body was completely just as weak as ours is in those moments. The difference being, and I think this is the divinity being his at the same time, complete willingness to avail himself to God's will yeah. and not his own. Yeah. Do you think Jesus had the ability to turn up, to turn off his pain receptors? I, I I don't know if he. Okay, so being God, I think he could have done anything. But if he turned off his pain receptors, I think it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth. It, it wouldn't be the sacrifice. Wouldn't be. Hmm. It, it wouldn't be right. I, I'm going to punish you for Moses' sin, but you're not going to feel it. I'm fine with that, to be honest. You would be, yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> Then the punishment's not really been met up. Yeah. But then isn't it the fact that, isn't it the death and not the pain itself that is... No, no. It was a punishment. Mm. It was the complete punishment as is justly required for sin that was met out in Christ's body. So you're completely right. And I've I've thought about that as well in that being God, couldn't he just firm it? I mean, we train ourselves to... We we train ourselves to... (laughs) (laughs) Not to just firm it. Yeah, yeah. We do. We train ourselves. We condition ourselves to firm a leg kick. If I kicked your leg, you might go down. If I kicked Mo's leg, I want to go down. I've got all the strength from my legs. Do you want to try this? Huh? Should we try it after the podcast? (laughs) I think this is something we'd like to hear. I don't want to break your leg by mistake. By mistake, you know. (laughs) But but I, you know, I I thought could he firm it? But I think the point of a punishment is for that pain Mm. or for that. uh, yeah, yeah, for you to feel like I don't like this feeling and this feeling is associated with this, so I'm not going to do this. So I don't think any other thing could have happened. I don't think he could have just had more capacity for pain and thus handled it, mm. or be less human and thus handle it, or turn off his pain receptors yeah. and thus handle it, and it be the same. I think mm. he needed to be able to feel everything um, in order for it to truly be. Um, justified that our sins have been punished not just forgiven but have been punished already yeah. and thus when Christ when God says or when you accept Christ and you accept his righteousness you're able to fully accept his righteousness because your sin has been fully dealt mm. with it's the same reason I also think why um, and I actually haven't read it so this is just speculation but I think that Jesus kept getting back up when he was getting lashed and thus was getting lashed more. And I think it was uh, in my head, and I need to read this and check that he actually did, because I think I saw it in the Passion of Christ, Christ, yeah. so I need to check that that's accurate. But if it is accurate, I think he did that because there was still more like that needed to be dealt with. And so he had to ke- keep getting back up. It wasn't mm. just defiance, like, yeah, I'm going to stand up for <laughs> Them, them, them children that like stare you dead in the yeah, eye yeah, as you're beating them. Yeah. And what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was that. I think there was more that needed to be accommodated. And thus, he just kept on getting. So, yeah. so, so, uh, sorry. And, and like, with him being lashed so much, obviously there would have been a point where there probably wouldn't have been, been any more flesh to lash. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you think Jesus could like, regenerate? Or you think that... <laughs> Hey, because we're like, we're, yeah. we're no, moving into an X Men sort no, of no, because, no, you know? because if he has the ability to heal, does that not mean he potentially has the ability to heal himself? Yes, but again, I think I you you have to understand anything that l- makes that aspect of things less reduces the amount of 
righteousness oh, no. so he can get in return. But the healing would have meant that he could have taken more lashes. But then it would oh, it would have be, gone it's, beyond it's like two yeah. steps backwards, one step forward sort of thing. You know, I take one step forward, take these lashes, take two steps backwards because I have to heal and then take more. That's almost like saying, come off the cross so we can crucify you again. Oh. Don't, don't mm-hmm, that. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, like, I, I, was, I was going to say something. Um, I think there's something supernatural there as well because none of his bones were broken. Yeah. And that was observed when they took him down. And, you know, for nails to be driven through your hands and, you know, the lashing and everything that he must have gone through and nothing be broken, it's, it's special. It's, yeah. it's unique to have gone through that. But I also think it's that way because the sacrificial lamb couldn't have any mm. bones broken. And so for him to fit the bill of that, he's still, God still had to, you know, somehow preserve. Yeah. I just think it's, it's very, it's very special. It's very, it's a very special thing that happened at the cross that yeah. we take for granted sometimes. I have heard, um, I don't know how true it is, I have heard some talk about the nails went through his wrists. So that little, the hollow part of the wrist mm, would have held mm, it in place. mm. Um, I don't quite know how true that is. And I think that might be due to research done on how crucifixions were done. Yeah, yeah, because the weight of his body would have meant that the skin would have ripped and he would have like fallen off. off. Um, So some suggest that it went through the hollow part of the wrist um but again i don't know how true that is um and just to add on to that as well like i I totally agree i think peter answered it well um interesting thing is um he jesus was offered vinegar mixed with gall or gall mixed with vinegar or something like that and i think that was a pain suppressant and he didn't take it right when he asked for water yeah and so even like practically they were giving him something to suppress his pain which would then prolong his time there but he didn't take it um and so i I, I do feel as though there was an intentionality around actually suffering Mm -hmm. because the bible does say he was bruised for our iniquity like the fullness of the weight of what we did was placed on him and he had to suffer um hebrew says he suffered that he may sympathize with us and there's there's just that and um a high priest is one who is like the people he's leading. Yeah. And so in the fullness of that, he kind of took all of that onto himself yeah. that he may then lead us in all sympathy. And we, we know that in him, we have someone who can sympathize with us when we're going through anything. Yeah. Um, so if he had just healed himself, then we could almost argue that he's not able to fully sympathize with us because he was able to heal himself and not and feel that pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interest, I think Peter would like this if, if he hasn't actually come across this, but people have made links between the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Gethsemane. Ah, I haven't heard of those yet. Where it's like, it was when Eve was tempted, she decided to do what she wanted to do. But when Jesus was tempted in the Garden of Gethsemane, he decided to submit his will to God. So there's like a correlation. And even there's another correlation after he rose because apparently the tomb was in the garden. And so Jesus came as a final gardener because Adam was the initial gardener. He was the final gardener and he then revealed himself to Mary. And so it's like, yeah, so I find that very nice just in the whole. So even in the Genesis narrative, it's like um, Eve had the opportunity to deny God, which she took. Jesus had the opportunity to deny God and deny why he was sent, which he didn't take. So there's that correlation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as well, it's worth noting in answering that question that the Bible does says he was tempted in every way that we would be, just mm-hmm. as Mo was yeah. referring to. So his flesh was just as tempted as our flesh gets, um, except he didn't give in 
at any given point in time. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I like this question. Yeah, um, it's a good one. My question. Who sent it? Friend of a friend. Cool, cool. Shout out to the shout friend. Shout out to friend. the friend of a friend. Shout out to the friend and then the friend of the friend. You don't know the don't know. Easy, yeah. Um, nice one, yeah. Mine is, why are there no signs and wonders? There are. Show me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why are there less why, are there, why, why, why are there less why is it perceived mm. that there is less because there might be pockets and areas where they're just as abundant yeah. but one of the main arguments is why aren't Christians going into hospitals and praying for the sick and yeah. raising up the dead and stuff like that so yeah. why is it they're perceived um, or what do you think the reason is behind the perceived lack of yeah. signs and wonders yeah. I know people have said that like Acts was almost like the cutoff point mm. for those kind of things Paul Washer or John yeah. McCarthy? John McCarthy. John, John McCarthy. John McCarthy. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't subscribe to that and I do recognise that there is a perceived reduction. Not only perceived, there is a reduction. Yeah. I think it's because of a few things. Um one theory that I have, uh, and I was actually talking to um friend of the podcast Ade about this yesterday um, well, look, he, look at how God's prepping you for the questions before you get he here he actually mentioned it <laughs> he was talking about how the secular world has now become so or not, not secular world but I think Christianity has become very diluted mm. Mm. with the world to the extent where there are certain things that we we almost ignore mm. for instance the Bible it actually says <laughs> Do not be a guarantor for a loan mm. for your yeah. friend. Yeah. It's like, it actually specifically says this. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't, I don't think it's sin. I think, I think it says that in Proverbs, I think yeah. it was advice. Yeah. But it's like, it's something that we completely, you know, for the most part, ignore. If you, mm. I haven't heard anyone preach on this, <laughs> you know. And, and so it's like, there are many things like this. That, Question before you go on. Mm, so are you saying that there are things in the Bible that are ignorable? Well, so I, I think the argument isn't that they're ignorable, but they have been ignored. Yes, and that's where I'm coming to. So I, I think it's because there are things that we do ignore that we aren't supposed to, that it's become such that we are not, it's like, it's like we're not living, we're not living as we really should be or as we really can. Like true Christian lives. Exactly. Yeah. Because the, our definition of truth has been so diluted by the world and by what we ignore in 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 the word Mm. so like literally something as simple as do not worry again it's not law it's not necessarily sin we don't consider it sin but we worry and so if we are if we are to say like okay bible says don't worry and i'm able to live my life without worry or with a solution to worry then maybe i'll live like paul who did uh, paul did who even in prison would be able to like sing praises and write letters and not necessarily worry, even though he knew his predicament and he Mm. knew he was in a bad place. Mm -hmm. He lived that life where I could have nothing or I could have everything and I'm not worried, if that makes sense. And so I think our lives are very, very far removed from a strict biblical truth and thus we aren't able to express strict biblical truth in our lives and that sometimes mm. oh, I think I theorize could result in less mm. less um, less signs and wonders as, as, as it were so would you say that people who might be seen as like people who live very good Christian lives okay. 
to our standards. To our standards. Mm. Would they be have the ability to see these miraculous things happen just because of how how have they um, they've undiluted Christian living? Right. So when I say that I'm not talking about God channel. <laughs> <laughs> per se. Alright, because a lot of those sometimes are shams the mega conventions scripted yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so like if you take someone like say Francis Chan who okay. who, yeah. who is very no nonsense very yeah. take the word for what the word is mm. do you think that he would be able to see a lot more miracles happen in his life just because of how um, disciplined he is when it comes to Christian things not, so not necessarily so I'm not saying then that if you are because again I don't know Francis Chan if that makes sense. Like, mm. I've heard, I've read some of his reading, his um, thing, I've heard him speak sometimes. And, and he's great. Don't get me wrong. He's great. I think his whole thing of leaving the mega church to think about, you know, the smaller community, I think that's very significant uh, and and attests to the kind of guy he is. I'm, mm. I'm not dis- besmirching his name at all. But what I am saying is, if anything, maybe he's more predisposed to it than... <laughs> well, say them, say them, <laughs> say them here. Creflo. <laughs> well, nah, 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 that was an easy one. Try more harder one. Nah, go nah, on, Fiat. Nah, nah, because, because. Okay, now nah, let's say let's say John MacArthur, because he doesn't believe in it, so he's okay, ruled himself yeah, so out. He's, he's even ruled himself. Mm. Yeah. So if if I have decided that like, I've ruled myself out, I'm not. Yeah, you know, unless God wants to, you know, have a poor on the road to uh, Damascus moment. You know, I'm not going to see it. I, I just think that we we need to, and also I think we we can uh, overlook some of the some of the miracles and signs that actually we are living day to day as well. Yeah. So we we can overlook the fact that you see around you, however many people having accidents or you know getting sick of certain things or you know. God, God providing for us in certain ways mm. and we can easily ignore how significant that actually is. I'll say, oh, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, you yeah. know, or think that maybe I've done some sort of planning or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I took my vitamins today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I think a lot of that as well, we, we, we overlook. Mm. But the bigger healings, the where are the Christians going to hospitals yeah. and healing people? I think, yeah, I think... The part of that is because the church has become very diluted, mm. and, and you know, it's it's sad that ninety percent of churches you would go to will preach on something about you receiving a blessing. Yeah, if that makes sense. As opposed to, like, Paul, who was just about look, like it was it was salvation. It was your responsibility to your Creator. It was a reverence for God. It, it was it was significantly different hmm. yeah. from what we see today and yeah. if, if there are different things happening now than were happening in the early church I'm not surprised we're not seeing the same results mm. as early church was seeing sweet yeah good good answer I like it um, it definitely is a multifaceted um, topic where there's like so many different approaches that you can come at it from yeah. Um, but yeah I, I enjoyed looking at it from your, from your perspective um, I think it was good uh, and I think the last thing is I think it falls to us to to work on it yeah be well. the change you want to yeah, see yeah literally trust me yeah. cool all right let's get into today's topic easy work mm-hmm. all right so obviously <laughs> there's nothing obvious when people say obviously there's nothing actually obvious about it's obvious to me pr 
So why are you saying obviously to me? Because it's about to become obvious to you. <laughs> And it should <laughs> fair point. Look, you can't deny a good argument. Fair <laughs> point. All right. Okay, so this Friday, yeah, a new game is coming out on the, the Nintendo Switch, Astral Chain. It's it's it's, it's like a cyberpunk kind of futuristic. Well, I was looking it up. It's actually a sick game. So, 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 uh, so I'm like, actually generally um, in in like w- wanting to get a Switch because they are a PS. Nah. Four. The PS4 has literally become a Netflix player. <laughs> like literally. I don't I do not have the time to play. And the it's games an iPad. So that's what that's what I normally play on. Yeah. I'll play games and I'll put a layer to, play to sleep. On this. But what I what, the reason I want to get a Switch is because it's Nintendo and they have a lot of family friendly games. So I can right. play games with Leia. But the America. games that I play on my PS4 are all fighting games. Yeah, teach Leia what's up. <laughs> Yeah, so Astral Chain, yeah, is is set in the future where like you're you're like a police officer and you can like capture these demons and use them to fight other demons. It's great. I'm not explaining okay. it really well, but it's it's looking very sick. It's coming out on Friday. Sounds I'm, okay. I'm I'm debating whether to get it or not because Switch games are so expensive. Yeah. So like you have to know you want the game before you buy it. Anyway, so that's coming out n- next dope. Friday. Uh-huh. I've currently been in love with this game, Fire Emblem Free Houses. Okay. Emphasis on the fire because the game is fire. Okay. Um, yeah. RPG role playing, turn based game. Still not so. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's because it's because you're not deep. You're not deep. <laughs> anyway, the game is amazing. Um, I've played. I think I've clocked like sixty hours on it already. Already. It's great. Um, clocked it once. The time. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Well, I guess that's the thing with Switch as well, isn't it? Yeah, you can take it. You take it around. You were playing it walking down the street. Yep. In Thornton Heath. Yep. I didn't get robbed. Not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll be thinking, uh, is this the best place we've played? <laughs> there are places where I don't take out my phone. <laughs> Bro. I'm not, willing to, I'm not willing to risk it. <sighs> but you, do you not think that like we're too old to get robbed? No. No. What? Not in Croydon. See, I'm from Central London, so I haven't got that, that, that same fear in me. Because it's like 30-year-olds and 35-year-olds have been stabbed. Like a, a yeah. 28 or 30-year-old was stabbed um, this week. This week, just gone, around a food shop. Oh, wow. At like 8 o'clock. It's, it's still daylight. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, All back right. to the game. The game is amazing. I'm loving it. Um, you get the chance to take um, students from other houses and, and make them join you. And there are like these little cutscenes between uh, between all the characters, so you can see how they're like developing their bonds and stuff. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting to it. Hold on. And one of the cutscenes was between Claude, who's like the leader of, the, of, the, of one of the houses that you can lead. Please, Claude. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's fired. He's fired. And then um, there's a girl called Petra, who's from um, a distant country. And um, in this cutscene, they were just talking about um, how they're about their different faves. Oh, okay. Actually, okay. Okay. Let me not be stressing out. Okay. He's interested though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, Claude believes that all all good things come from the goddess, who's like the the main god in the game. And then Bridget, um, no, um, Petra. Petra, who's who's from Bridget. um, Her her people believe that it is nature that is the the, um, the bringer of all good things. Okay. And then just watching that interaction. They they seemed very at ease with, with with like each other's religions and and didn't seem like um, intimidated or um, felt yeah it, mm. it just felt like a very amicable conversation going on mm. between them. Mm. So like it made me think about us being Christians and um, 
for the I didn't want to say for the most part, but we're supposed to. Well, I guess part of being Christian is respecting other people's views. Okay. But we've also been called to spread the gospel. Mm. So where do you think the balance is between respecting what people want to believe and telling them about the good news of what we believe? I've got got a really sad story about this. So the one time I decided to go... Evangelize. um, Evangelism with with our church. With the tracks? No, it wasn't even with the tracks. It was proper outreach. Off the cuff. So... That was the first mistake. Because tracks are a crutch. But no, not even tracks are a crutch. God can use whatever. However, here's the thing. So there was a group of like um, boys, uh, like they looked Somalian, Mm. uh, Central African or whatever. And uh, I was with the assistant pastor of the church and he went to speak to them. Okay. So... (laughs) so. (sighs) So... The thing with the church is um, the main guy is um, predominantly an evangelist. I'll say he has that gift. Mm. And the problem with having a main guy in Mm. the church is that most of the church tries to clone themselves according Mm. to him. So there's a lot of training Mm. on evangelism and there's a lot of script sort of following Mm kind of thing and um they're having this interaction and the guys you know they said they're muslim and then uh the the assistant pastor you can see him kind of going through the script mm-hmm. um as to how to engage a muslim and he wasn't listening to what the guys were saying he wasn't listening to what they were mm. what, you know their responses he was just kind of giving yeah. off his yeah you know say this if they say this say this and i saw just one of the guys say to his friend, because his friend was trying to, um, he had a rebuttal for something mm. he said. And the guy said to him, now we don't force people, we don't force our religion on people. That's what they do. Just listen to what he has to say and then they'll go away. And like he kind of said it to his friend like quietly. And I was just like, I'm standing there looking at what's going on. I'm like, huh. Because what he described was actually what was happening. Mm. And what was happening was a Christian trying to, you know, lovingly <laughs> force his religion on someone else. Love and shove. Yeah. Without any attempt of understanding mm. or even like, um, not, not understanding and say, oh, okay, I see why Muhammad is better than Jesus. Not even that, but like have a genuine interaction. Yeah. It was, I have to, I have to give you the good news. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care if I'm effective. Mm. I don't care if I'm saying what God wants me to say. So long as I have sown seeds, I'm yeah, good. exactly. And and it was it was stressful. Mm. So I think a problem that we have maybe is we're not we're not taught to have interactions with people. We're not taught to have that sort of amicable conversation. For the most part, people think evangelism is going and shouting at people, and I think the world's come too far for that. Mm. I, I think I think we're not in. We never were in that stage when Paul was shouting at people. He was trying to still use things that they relate to, using yeah. their own poetry, their own uh, you know literature, to yeah. convince them to have a debate and and win them over. Yeah. And, and like he was actually speaking to he, them. He, he was actually speaking to them, and it was also being all things to all men, and not just being a clone of the head pastor to all men <laughs> to try and win them over. Yeah. And and you know I say that I say that. I say that with restraint because it's a good the good people in the church 
right? They're, they're good fruits in the church. And, you know, the pastors are great and they love, they love one another. But, you know, some of these things I think we need to think about a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one thing that I always um, try to adhere to is, uh, this is really bad. I need to put my phone down. So one thing that I, re- I try to adhere to, <laughs> the, the listeners didn't even, wouldn't even know, um, but you see when conviction grips you, yeah. Um, one thing that I always adhere to is, why should you take my point seriously if I'm not taking yours seriously? Mm. And yeah. so if I am not actually listening to you, why should you feel the need to listen to me? If I'm not taking your perspective seriously, why should you take mine seriously? And it's like, in as much as I may not believe that your truth is true, but to you it is true and it has shaped the way that you've lived up until now. And so for me to present to you something that I believe holds more weight as a set of quote-unquote principles or stuff to live by, then I need to take yours seriously. And I need to do it. I need, I need to, in a way, display the nature of the God that I'm trying to get you to interact with. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God will listen to you. Mm-hmm. I believe that in whatever you kind of convey to God, however you interact with God, he will listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, makes it even more... Um, we need to be even more mindful when we do pray. Because it's like if you start dropping blasphemies on them things, that God is listening to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... I have I've had debates with Christians about how to engage with non-Christians and just and it's, it, I see it as the only difference that we that are between Christians and non-Christians is that we've accepted Christ. Everything else we have in common. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that one fundamental factor and so it's I can have a conversation or theoretically I can have a conversation with anyone as a human being mm. and relate to them on something as a human being. Mm. Um, and I need to approach you as a human being rather than as a self-professed divine agent. Like I need to approach you as a human being, even if I am carrying a divine message. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, and I find that we almost see it as I just need to preach Christ to you and then ting done. Mm. Forgetting that if I preach Christ to you, and you come to Christ, in Christ we are now one. Mm. You are now a part of a body. You're not standing as an individual anymore. And if I approach you without this sense of, I genuinely care for you, you won't feel a part of something. Mm. You will still feel apart from something. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it's, I'm still almost, I evangelism to me, the way that it is done, and I, I, I applaud those who have the courage to kind of go out and have conversations and stuff. And I, I very much see it from a perspective of like, you've got, like, you've got courage to do that. And I applaud you for it. I will question your effectiveness, but I will applaud your courage. Mm. The way that I like to do evangelism is more just sharing life with people and just enjoying day-to-day life and allowing them to see the God in me, but not using that as a cop-out, my life will do all the evangelism. No, if I feel God impressed in my heart to share something concrete, I will do it. If I feel led to have a conversation with someone out of the blue, I will do it. But it's very much a case in which live the gospel that you're preaching and interact with them from a perspective that reflects Jesus. Jesus actually spent time with quote-unquote sinners. 
Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, let's let's move towards this. And I know that it's it may sound idealistic, but this is again the problem that we have when we go out to do evangelism, mm. because we've got okay from from seven till five, from five till seven. We're going to go out and do evangelism. Two hours. And then you, you can go do whatever you want to do. But if you live your life as a representative, knowing that interactions and everything, then you're not doing evangelism. You're, you're not going out to do evangelism. Your whole life is one that is pointing towards God. Mm. And it's like, we're not going to church to go praise and worship. Your life is one of praise and worship mm. in adoration. And so we are living something rather than going out to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not quite sure if I've answered the question, but it's just some some stuff that I almost just lay down as principles and stuff that I try to go by. Um, can I throw a spanner in the works? Yeah. I was just going to say something first. Can I say something first? Yeah. yeah. And I also think it's very important to remember that at the end of the day, regardless of religion, hmm. everything is faith. Hmm. Like there's no way to prove that God is real over Allah. Like we may have all had like we've had our experiences which which make us believe that God is real mm. but then there are also Muslims who, who have had their experiences um, which is why they believe Allah is real and and yeah I think it's a bit ignorant to just try and test everything to God mm. even though like to us it is God to say I think Peter's having the same electric <laughs> as the eye I'm just like mm. they're few that I, I see your point, but there are a few legs that I'd like to push to see how strong they they stand. Okay, push, push, push. Um, but I want Pierre to kind of throw his spanner into it, and then we can kind of get. Well, no, I think I think because it's a completely different direction from this. Okay, so let's. Have you made a note of yeah, your? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, if it is by faith, but there can only be one absolute truth. Yeah, that's the problem. And so if we are to do it, if we are to say there's no real way. Now, I, I agree that we can't impress the weight of God on somebody else. The Holy Spirit has to do that. And so we are somewhat limited in a way in, to the degree in which we can impress God onto someone. But that doesn't negate the weight of the call that is on us to be able to communicate him. Oh, no, be, yeah, definitely. I'm not be, saying... Um, I'm not saying don't go and preach. Yeah, and, and that's that's not what that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's almost like when um, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, he proved to them that God was the only God, where he called down fire from heaven. Yeah, now I'm not necessarily saying that <laughs> we can't do the fire. Well, we could if we had the, the faith. <laughs> <laughs> and also, th there was a sense in which um, he prayed for no rain and it didn't rain for three years. Joshua spoke to the sun and it stood still for 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 the and that was the longest recorded day in the Bible. There's been demonstrations of God via, by people throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, in which like Paul on the island when before he got to Rome was bit by a snake and then people and Malta were thinking he's about to die. He didn't die. He's a god. Then he prayed for someone. Their father who was sick became healed. And it's like there's there's ways in, in even the signs and wonders that should follow Christians are ways in which are proven the God that we're almost pointing to. Mm. Um but I get the sentiment in that um we shouldn't necessarily see it as a failure if we fail to get someone on our side. Or see it as I'm going to win you, even if I have to beat Jesus into you. Like not going with that 
that sort of mentality, but having dialogue in which just is dialogue and God can almost insert himself into rather than going mm. out like the crusades and killing people if they don't, if they don't come to faith, yeah. which in them saying they force people into their faith, it's almost saying that it's not as strong as the crusades, but it's, it's, lean, it's, it's lenient yeah. towards them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I get that sentiment, but I, I still feel we have been charged to present him and in walking rightly, we should be able to, de- to demonstrate that to some degree our faith is because Christ, Christianity has got some unique claims that no other faith has. Yeah. Therein lies the, my, my pushback was on having the confidence to know that either Christianity is the truth or it's just another option. In saying that, it's all faith. I, I, and again, I completely get the sentiment, but I think when it comes down to it, there is that question. You know, is it Allah or is it Jehovah? Like, there is that question and we have to be able to answer it more than just I tend or I happen to be in the Jehovah camp, if that makes sense. I have to, we, we, we have to struggle, not struggle, but we have to find ourselves at a point where we are confident or we are convinced in who it is that we're calling God. But is it enough to be convinced if you can't convince others well yeah because like Mo was saying it's not really your job to convince others it's your job to present and and to live your life as the bible requires you to and the bible says that if you are to do that they will see hmm. you know they will see your good works and know that it's god but it's not your job to convince another person but but i think that's what i meant by saying hmm. it's faith because if you can't convince someone then but you have to bear in mind as well that there are people who cannot be convinced that the earth is round. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? It's like my inability to convince you of a truth does not reduce that, that truth. truth. Yeah. It only shows either your reluctance to accept it or my inability to present it. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't deny the truth. Yeah. So I, I think my, my underlying thing was stripping that away. What's your confidence in your truth? Are not just what you are confident in your truth, but what's your confidence in what is absolute truth? Mm. Does that make sense? sense. And I think that's where those claims that Christianity alone makes, Mm. where your your um, your your sin is what qualifies you for redemption, as opposed to in uh, I know in Islam it says you have to do the most, and if Allah feels like it, yeah, he will take it. Which is so whimsical. (laughs) You know that notion is so whimsical. Like, if he's in a bad mood, it's peak. I, I shouldn't even laugh, but but literally that's what it says. Whereas Christianity is the only one in which, no, it's the fact that you have sinned that qualifies you to then receive this redemption for the sin that was punished in someone yeah. else. That's only Christianity that yeah. makes that claim. And it, it's only Christianity that answers that question with, okay, actually, fair enough. So punishment's already been dealt out, and now there is this redemption to take. Okay, there's no loopholes. There's no, it's not if God is feeling good yeah. or if God's feeling bad. It's it's been done. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. Then there's also what I love going back to the codes in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I start you should have seen how happy people. I start. I start to sound wacky. I start to sound crazy. But you know there are mathematical principles in the text of the Bible that shows it couldn't have had 
human origin. Like it's too much of a coincidence that every book, every tree mentioned in the Bible is found at an equidistant letter sequence within the um, fourth day or whenever the trees were created between the texts. Like it's it's either they saw it and thus they only mentioned those those trees, or God did something specific, God did something significant there, or the fact that everyone in Jesus's lineage is mentioned somewhere <laughs> at an equidistant letter sequence. Again, like these things, you look at them, and at the very least, they are coincidences. But at what point do you start seeing coincidence after coincidence after coincidence yeah. and say, well? there's a pattern here yeah that spans like yeah. centuries exactly spans um uh literally places where they didn't have telegrams there's no way to get this message across the da- like it's ridiculous yeah. mm. you know so i think yeah for me yeah. it comes down to that that confidence yeah, yeah. and i think as what both p and myself are saying is that we we recognize the sentiment we recognize in that mm. it's not the onus is not on us to convince you. Yeah. The onus is on the whole. It's like we are om- almost opening the, the door for the Holy Spirit to come and do the, the work in a person's heart. The onus is not on us. And I think that's the sentiment. Mm. Um, where we do want to push it, it's just like having that assurance and that confidence in the truth that you are presenting. Mm. That it isn't a truth in a sea of other truths, but mm. it is the truth. Yeah. In a, in a, so it's, like, it's almost seeing it as Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. There's no other way to, to yeah. the Father except yeah. through him. The more PC to thing to say is, oh, he's a way. Yeah. You know, if you're a Christian, you live a good life. It's cool. If you're Buddhist, you live a good life. If you're Muslim, you live a good life. But it's not about living a good life here. It's about yeah. eternity and who's waiting there. If it's Allah, if it's the fat guy, if it's God, you know, then the question question's there to be asked. Do you get do you get what I'm saying, Rob? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Spanner? Spanner. Do you want to continue? No, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so deflated. I'm sorry. No, it's sorry, hot. No, it's sorry. Hot. No, I, I didn't mean to attack you or anything. Oh, no, it's not an attack. Yeah. It's, it's dialogue. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's dialogue. It's dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, in the works is actually yeah. interesting enough. The fact that, and I think we said this, well, no, we said this last week, hmm. that at the end of the day, it is foolishness to, <laughs> to yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. It is foolishness. This idea, this concept of God is defined by the Bible as foolishness to the unbeliever. Hmm. And I think that's the thing that we also need to come to grips with. Now, the whole apologetics thing, First um, Peter three fifteen, you know, always be prepared to make a defense for anyone that asks you mm-hmm. uh, why you have this hope. Verse 16 then says, having a good conscience. No, 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 that's not what I'm trying to look for. But in your hearts, yeah, yeah. But in your heart, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. Sorry. Your ringtone is the X-Men theme. It is. Hey, that's actually kind of dope. <laughs> 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 um, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, that's what I wanted to get to having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, not if you are slandered. maybe when. <laughs> when. And so I think that's the other thing to recognize. Christianity, again, is one of those only religions that gets a ton of heat. And I think that's significant in and of mm. itself. The fact that we claim this is the truth, but that the truth is so violently opposed. Mm. 
I think is significant, and I think that almost goes to validate the fact that you don't you don't mess around with Buddhists as much. Maybe the, some people crack jokes, but on a general level, I think Christianity gets a lot more heat, and I think that's because it's built in. Because the actual enemy that you are facing isn't the enemy of Allah. It's not the enemy of the Buddha. It's the enemy of God. Mm. And so I'm not surprised then that there is specific, vi- uh, you know, vitriol towards the actual enemy mm. or towards the actual um, to, towards the, the one true God mm. if the enemy that we're actually against is his enemy. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I find it I find it fascinating as well. In reading that, what strikes me is that when you go out and evangelize and someone actually comes to faith, like, you should be surprised. Mm, mm. It, you should be miracle. surprised. Yeah, like, yeah. Flipping mm, out. I just mm. told you some guy died for you. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Take me to the cross. Um, like, yeah, because it's full. Like, it is. And most of the other religions that I've come across, all of them that I've come across, conveys some sort of logical rationale mm. in... Um, so Buddha's, um, B- Buddhism is very much about like enlight- enlightenment yeah. and like mm. ascribing to the higher purpose and like mm. letting go. And it's like, it, it makes sense. It, make, it makes some sort of sense where mm. it's like you're denying, like it makes some sort of sense. Mm. Islam, again, is coming back down to you, like your your ability to do that. And, and it's like, it, it makes some logical, but God became man. And then he died for us on the cross. He could have just snapped his fingers and wiped everyone's sins away, but mm. he died for us. And then, like, now he's given us his Holy Spirit. And if, depending on if Arminism, Calvinism, whatever camp, then it starts to get a bit, bit more technical. <laughs> but, um, like, literally, as Peter says, what qualifies you to go before this God is the very thing that disqualifies you from him. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it's not that you need to do right or you need to reach this higher no it's just go as you are mm. so yeah it's I find it fascinating but um, I like it one final question so when it comes to defence against other religions do you think so you said defence against and I just thought the dark arts Expelli <laughs> <laughs> hours sorry when it comes to defence against other religions do you think it's important to have have knowledge of what these other religions say or you think that the word of god in itself is enough to give a solid defense mm. be so, it yeah be it against other religions or atheists or mm, mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna slide in real quick before peter because i know that peter's peter's like <laughs> grin on peter's face he, he's ready for this so the approach that i take is um in order to know a fake note you need to study the real so I'm not necessarily saying by just dismissing every other religion as fake and just saying I'm just going to study Christianity. But it's almost like recognizing the exclusivity of the claims of Christianity and why I am convinced or I am convicted that this, in in Christ, I have found eternal life. Then allows me, because I will not be able to know every counterfeit note out there. But if I get to grips with the note, the real note that I know that is real, I can then almost start to point out different things somewhere else. Mm. Um, there will be things that I wouldn't have noticed and stuff like that. But for me, I see it as study the real note rather than the fakes because there are always going to be new fakes and new versions of the fakes that in trying to study those, you, you're going to get lost. But if you study the real, 
you're gonna know everything that isn't real. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think as a as a general note to everyone, um, I, I don't think everyone's called to the debates and yeah. everyone's called yeah. to the apologetic uh, apologetic yeah. style, you know. Yeah. But I think everyone's called to, as as Mo said, steady the real note. And once you are fully entrenched in, or not once you are, because I don't think we ever get to, mm. oh, I'm fully now, I'm there. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I don't shy. need the Bible anymore. Exactly. Um, I think you are able to, you're, you're able to demonstrate um, um, truths when you see falsehoods. Mm. Yeah. Are you able to respond with truth when you see falsehood? However, I also think that there is room for that. Mm-hmm. There is room for, and I think some people are called to steady other religions. And have a knowledge of what other religions are saying, especially like people who I think are called to be apologists, like in that office, or you know, that's the gift that God's given you is one where you are called to um, to to study, and you find that maybe you find it interesting, mm-hmm. or you could even have been brought in from one of those religions and thus have experience uh, of it. Um, but I think there is room for that, um, and there's room for people that will study and be able to articulate why your religion isn't true from your religion or from your holy text <laughs> um, and then demonstrate why the Bible is. Uh, that said, peak. that said, um, and because of the way your question was structured, I'd also say that the gospel, I'm trying to think of the verse, but I literally can't quote it in my head, but it simply is that the gospel is in and of itself um, strong enough a claim or strong enough a defense, uh, a, a defense you know. Um, I really, I really need a verse because the verse says it Google, perfectly. Google. No, I can't remember the words to Google. If if you no. type that into Google, it will come up. I'm no. telling you. So I'm telling you, it will come up. The that's the thing. I don't it's even not know what that to Google. The word of God is divine and God breathed. It's not. That no, one. no, it's not that one. It's. Um, if I Google what you just said, it will come up. I'm telling you. Uh, Google what, what you just said. Let's rewind. No. The word of God is able to. Yeah. Th- so itself. the gospel of the gospel. You you are actually yeah the gospel. Um, is sufficient the power of God is that the one I'm looking for is that Romans 1 the uh, gospel is the power of God unto salvation did it come up Romans 116 come on 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 come um, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to the uh, to the Greek. So the the message in and of itself somehow is powerful enough. So I think if you know, regardless of how long you've been a Christian or whatever, if you've studied, if you haven't studied, it's worth knowing that the gospel in and of itself mm. is the power of God yeah. unto salvation. Uh, and to add to that as well, one of are you, did you have more to say? Just just okay, one more thing that is the gospel. It's not your prosperity gospel. <laughs> it's not your blessings gospel. It's not your come and find a wife gospel. It's the gospel that your sins were punished in Christ and that's forgiven. Blah, blah, blah. And you have, you, you have access to redemption. Yeah. That's the gospel. Yeah. Anything else, yeah. that's not what this is talking about. Like, for, for those listening, if you really, if, if like, you're trying to find a snapshot of what the gospel like is, read First Corinthians 15. Because Paul, Paul talks about this is the gospel that I preach, that Christ lived in according to the scriptures, died, was raised according to the scriptures. So it's like, he, he had, he just, and it's literally like two verses. Yeah. 
in the whole chapter. It's just two it's, verses. It's actually a lot more simple than we make it sometimes. And it's... Um, uh, yes, what I was going to say was one verse that really strikes me, which links to this, is um, Galatians 1, when Paul was talking about um, the gospel that he preached was not handed down to him by man, nor did he study it or was mm. it taught, mm. but it was given to him by the revelation mm. of who Jesus is. Mm. And so the thing that really convicted me was that you can study, but people can refute your study, mm. but people cannot refute the revelation of Jesus. Mm. And that's what brings people to salvation. There will always be a study for something. Yeah. There will always be a study proof for something. And so it's very much like, in your preach is, and I'm not going against like studying theology and doing mm. your Bible studies and all them things there, but that's not the end. Mm. It's a means to another end where it's actually the revelation of Jesus. Mm. So in all that you're doing and all your Bible reading, all your meditation, everything, if that is the end you're working towards, then my friend, you've missed the mark. Mm. But if it's truly to have an encounter with Jesus and to engage with him and have a revelation of him, then you're aiming in the right direction. Mm. And that is what we communicate. We do not communicate the five points of Calvinism when we're, when we're doing evangelism. You can mm. try that, but even amongst Christians, we still refute that. Mm. But if you reveal, like, the rev if, you, if you come with the revelation of Jesus as he has revealed himself to you or how he is trying to reveal himself through that conversation. Mm -hmm. And that, that requires walking in the spirit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're, you're walking along the right. And it may, it may be an, it may be an intellectual argument that he's actually trying to bring through you as mm. some people are called to that, mm. but it's very much like, what is the revelation of Jesus or how is Jesus trying to reveal himself in this situation? Mm. Stuff mm. like that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Cool. That'll be a nice place to round off. Yeah. Hookups. Yeah. Hookups. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. All right. Get in there. Get in there. So my hookup here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my hookup <laughs> this week is an album, Rick Ross's album, Port of Miami 2. Ooh, is it good? It's good. It came up on my Spotify and I was, was like, mm. it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> 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 you know Peter's going to get into his car. So you listen to the Dreamful album. No, I didn't. You no, should listen to sorry, it. You should no. listen to it. You'd enjoy it. But yeah. I said I, I said I'd give it a try as well. Port of Miami it. 2. Rick Ross, give it a listen. Mine, mine is an album as well. Um, so Andy Mineo dropped a collection of songs that were previously unreleased. Yeah. And so oh. they're all very much like either demos or still like work in progresses and stuff like that. And they've all got like, so I think it was based off a podcast that he was talking about the songs. So they've all got like a brief little description about each song just before it plays. And it's called um, Work in Progress yeah. and Dominio. And like, I've only listened to about half of it and I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. He's very, like, very real. Mm. He's very open and honest in it. Yeah. Um, and I, I find it refreshing. Mm. I find it refreshing. Yeah. Cool. Is it going to be a music trio or is Peter just going <laughs> to... Um, I'm trying to think what will have the most comedic effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I was going to reiterate uh, a um, the SO album. The SO album, Come yeah. On. Just because, yeah, I, I think it's so dope. Wait, is it is it the album or is it just no, no, the album. So White Jesus is on the album, but um, the album comes out September second, okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah, Augustine's Legacy. Okay. Um, and yeah, yeah. Just hey, point of trivia. Augustine mm. was a black man. 
Oh, for from real? Africa. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't mm. be surprised if that's part of SL's thing, Probably. especially the white Jesus thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's like in when I was in um, uni, they're talking about Augustine, and it's like, yeah, so Augustine was from Africa. He's black, and then half the white people was like, who? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. You man, you man think it's only the Spurgeons and like, like no doctrine, yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised if Vessel's going down that route, mm. but yeah, no. So Esso's new album dropped September second, I believe. I hope I got this right this time because I said last Friday and it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, get get the album because Esso is consistently dope, in my opinion. Mm. Just dope to get the album. Shout out to Reed for the intro outro music. Have a turn up for the ordinary logo. Come on, ordinary amazing logo. <laughs> You'll get the there. You'll logo. get there. You can find us at Twitter at the UK. You can email us at tbsfriendshotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash that's first no apostrophe on all good podcasting websites and apps, including Spotify, iTunes. Look for the Blacksmith's Furnace with an apostrophe. Can say everything. Any shout out? iTunes is about to die soon. iTunes is about to die. Rest in peace. <laughs> Apple's bad. Apple's dope. <laughs> Apple's bad. It's, it's gone to the composter now. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't talk about Sony and Disney, to be honest. Nah, 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 and the nonsense they're doing with Spider Man. Nah, but nah. maybe that's another day. Another day. For everyone, um, blog hmuseh.tumblr.com. So yeah, get in, put in and work on that. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. When's the six, 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 six coming back? See. The minus six of you. See you. See you. See Cool. Great. Excellent, amazing. Then I guess this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. Hadouken. <laughs>